The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. My dear friends, the good news, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the words of the Holy Gospel blot out our sins. My dear friends, our readings today are obviously about God calling us, God's call to us in our lives. And that's about vocation. The very Latin word vocation comes from, the, uh, comes from the Latin vocare, which means the call. And God has indeed called each and every one of us in our lives to follow him and to be his disciples. Remember when Jesus says, remember, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Come and follow me. And everyone, my dear friends, is, has, has the same vocation in one sense. We all have the exact same vocation, which is to love. We're called to love others as Jesus loved us, or as Jesus loves us. We're called, even by Jesus, to love our enemies. This is why there's a crucifix in every Catholic church, one of the reasons. That is the book of love. In that, on that crucifix, the Lord is teaching us what love really means. And it's the book of love. So all of us are called to the same vocation, to love. But then how we live that out in our life will be different because we're called to different things in our life. And there's only five things here. And you're going to be one of these five things, or you are one of these five things already. You're going to be single, or you're going to be married, or you're going to be a religious, or you're going to be a deacon, or you're going to be a priest. You're going to be one of those five things, or you are one of those five things right now in your life. Some of those can be mixed together. For example, I'm a religious and a priest, <laughs> and Deacon John and Deacon Jerry, they're married and deacons, so sometimes those can mix together. But definitely we're in one of those five categories. 
And God calls us to one of those five categories. We have to listen to that voice of God. Where is he calling me in my life? What does the Lord have for me to do? In my own story, you know, I was called to be a priest about, I was somewhere between eight and ten years old when God called me. And it was in a very intense dream that the Lord called me to be a priest. And of course, in, I w- the dream was so intense, I woke up and I said, yes, Lord, yes, I'll be a priest. And then I ran for over 30 years from the Lord. I got the call at eight or ten years old, and I ran from the Lord. I entered the order at age 37. And I was afraid. I was afraid of being celibate. I was afraid of being in charge of a building like this. I was afraid of it. But then when I finally faced that fear and entered the order, you know, I was still afraid (laughs) because I became a Dominican so that I would never have to be in a parish. I thought, well, I could be a professor. I won't ever be in charge of a parish. I'll just be a professor. And then about midway through my Dominican life, you know, midway through our training, the Dominicans, they send us out, maybe you've had them here, student brothers, to go work in a parish. And I totally learned that year that I was called by God and made by God to be in a parish, to work in parish life, to be with people, to be in the midst of people with their baptisms and weddings and funerals. This is what I love doing, which gave me so much life and made me come alive. You see the funny thing there, the thing I was most afraid of in my life is giving me the most life. The thing I thought I was afraid to do, but God was asking me to do and I ran from, is actually what gives me the most fulfilling life and makes me so very, very happy. So in your life too, I don't know where you're at, but if you don't know what your vocation is yet, when well, we know it's to love, but if you don't know what aspect of that God is calling you into, You've got to ask them, Lord, what will you have me do? Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? You've got to say that in prayer over and over until God gives you direction. And then after that, this is where the gospel comes in uh, for me. After that, you know, what? like I was preparing to enter the order, and I was in, uh, I was in uh, an empty church praying to the Lord. You know how that is? The church is never really empty. <laughs> but I was in an empty church, just me and the Lord, and I was praying to him. And the Lord said to me very clearly in prayer the same thing he says in this gospel today. Uh, now that you found me, what do you want from me? Now that you found me, uh, what do you want from me? And it took me a year to answer the Lord. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know exactly what I wanted from the Lord. It took me a whole year of my life of praying and seeking the answer to that question until I found out the answer. And this has fired up my life ever since. I want to be in union with God. I want to be one with God. And I want to help other people find their union with God. And I want to dedicate my life to prayer and study and community and ministry, the pillars of the Dominican Church, and help others to do that as well. So if you know your vocation, if you're married or if you're single or if you're a religious or a deacon or a priest, if you know your vocation already, then you have to answer that second question from the Lord. What do you want from me? In the deepest part of your heart, we have to answer that so so that we can do what it is the Lord would have us to do.
My dear friends, today in the Gospel we get the very first sermon or homily of Jesus Christ in the Gospel of Mark. As soon as John is arrested, Jesus then comes to Galilee, and here's what the scriptures say. Let's look at it closely. Jesus came to Galilee, Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So first thing, notice, Jesus comes proclaiming the gospel of God. This word proclaiming, kind of a technical word. It would be used usually in the ancient world when there was a great victory. For example, for our own times, after World War II, it was proclaimed that Japan is defeated, Germany has been defeated, the United States or the Allied powers have won the war. So proclamation is something that's usually good news. And that's what the word gospel means, good news. Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the, a victory, the, God, the good news of God. Not his own doctrine, but the doctrine of God. And then Jesus says, this is the time of fulfillment. In other words, he's saying there that all the prophecies prophesied over the centuries, all the patriarchs, all the actions that were done throughout time, that were done uh, pointing to Jesus are now being fulfilled in him. This, see, this is what makes Jesus so different than all other world religions. It is fulfilled in him that he is the fulfillment of all the prophecies. You know, by the time Jesus rose from the dead, he had fulfilled 456 prophecies of the Old Testament and it fulfilled in him. And then it says the kingdom of God is at hand. So this is another beautiful thing. The kingdom of God is fulfilled in him. This time of fulfillment is beginning. And this time of fulfillment is about the kingdom of God, not any human kingdom. But what Jesus is preaching, what Jesus is proclaiming, is that we have victory in this kingdom of God. This kingdom of heaven, sometimes called in Matthew. This thing that is started when Jesus... Uh, was born and is now unfolding, continues to unfold, and will come to completion when Jesus returns at the end of time. And then as Jesus says, repent, again, the Greek word there is metanoia, and it's, it means a changing of your life or a changing of your mind. It doesn't mean here repent from individual sins per se, but it means more of turning your life towards God turning away from the things that lead us away from God and turning our life now to God. Of course, we're going to sin and stumble and fall, but now we've turned our life towards God. And then it is, and believe in the gospel or, or believe in the good news. Believe. So belief is also a, a part of what it is to follow Jesus and what we believe is important. We can't believe anything we want. So believing in God, believing in the good news, believing in the truth given to us by God, it's important. We have to believe what is true. Truth has a meaning. I just want to go a little bit more on this last word, believe in the gospel or believe in the good news. And what is the good news that Jesus is talking about? Well, we have, it very, we have it very succinctly put in, in the Gospel of John when Jesus says that God so loved the world 
that has sent his only Son, that all who believe in him might not suffer damnation, but might have everlasting life. That's a very good summary of it. It's not complete, but it's a very good summary. We used to have a great summary in the Mass. Remember the old translation of the Mass? We used to say, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. That was another beautiful summary of the good news. A really beautiful explanation of the good news, what the good news is, my dear friends, you can find it in Ephesians, the, the letter, Paul, St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1. And I'm going to read that to you. And I'm using the, what's called the Good News Bible, which, as you just learned, means gospel. So Good News Bible is a Bible that is translated into regular English. In case you have trouble with the Bible, the translation you want to use here is this Good News Bible. It makes the Bible more readily understood. So this beautiful explanation, again, it's not totally complete, but it's a beautiful way of talking about what is the good news? What is the gospel that Jesus came to proclaim, this victory in God? Let us give thanks to, to God and to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our Father. Jesus is our brother. That's good news. Your brother is God. Your father is God. For in our union with Christ, he has blessed us, giving us every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Through Christ comes to us every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Even before the world was made, God already cho has chosen us to, to be his through our union with Christ so that we would be holy and without fault before him. Before time began, before anything was created, before there was anything, God chose you. And God chose me to be his children, to be in his kingdom, so that we could be holy, which is happy and healthy and pure, and we could be without fault before him. So we, this, is what we, this is good news. Because of his love, God has already decided that through Jesus Christ, he would make us his children. We couldn't decide it ourselves, but God has decided to make you his children and me his child. Let us praise God for his glorious grace, for the free gift he gave us in his dear son. For by the blood of Christ we have been set free from our sins. Our sins have been forgiven. Here's that victory message. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the resurrection of Jesus, we have victory over sin. We have victory over death. We have victory over the devil. We have victory over the lies of this world through Jesus Christ. This is a pure gift given to us, chosen by God before anything was created and given to us. How great is the grace of God which he gave us in such a large measure. God held nothing back from us. If you look at the crucifix, you see Jesus there. What did God hold back? What, what is it that God did not give us? He gave us everything so that we could be with him. In all his wisdom and insight, God did what he had purposed, and he made known the secret plan already decided to complete by means of Christ, the plan hidden from the ages that we would be the children of God, we would be adopted into the family of God, that we could call God our Father, even though we're not gods, we're humans, but we are adopted children of God. 
the plan which God will complete when time is right and bring all creation and everything in heaven and earth under Christ the head. All things according to God's plan and decision, and God chose us to be his own people in union with Christ because of his own purpose, based on what he had decided from the beginning. Let us then, who were first to hope in Christ, praise God's glory. This is the good news, my dear friends. I would invite you to go home this week and look at Ephesians chapter 1 and meditate upon this good news.